Okay, hello, welcome to Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob, and this is my first stream back uh, since being at the Age of Sigmar World Championships, which is going to be the subject of my conversation today uh, with the Twitch chat, who you can see here. So it's a, a lovely Sunday evening here in the UK. It has reached 30 degrees, so it has started to warm up here. Uh, and we are going to be discussing the World Championships, uh, what happened, my thoughts about it, um, and then maybe where uh, the World Championships can go in the future. This is obviously for Age of Sigmar. Um, so there's the chat if you want to say hi. Um, if you are someone who's been regularly tuning in to me uh, on YouTube or as a podcast, I apologise for the break. Hopefully, um, as I explain why, what I've been doing, that will make a lot of sense. Um, and I appreciate you ha having the patience to, you know, hang in there for me to make stuff. Um, I hope that helps. So, okay, so I was at the World Championships, or sorry, the Age of Sigmar World Team Championships and Singles Championships last week, uh, which was held in Amsterdam in Hotel Schiphol. Uh, <laughs> Schiphol, uh, yeah, in Amsterdam, uh, organized by the Alliance Open Guys. Uh, I traveled, um, I packed everything that I needed to pack uh, on the Sunday evening, having spent about a week um, developing the overlays and the infrastructure for all the computers uh, to build it together. Uh, packed on the Sunday evening, which took several hours, and then I travelled on the Monday. Uh, this is where we hit our first snag, which is super fun. Oh, World Team Championships, by the way, just a quick brief overview. It's Age of Sigmar, 24 teams, 8 players, um, battling out over 6 rounds, but I'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, how did I, oh, I guess how did I become the coverage team? How did I, we, become the coverage team? So the T-Sports Network where you'll be able to watch those games back or those rounds back on YouTube tomorrow. I've uploaded like three of them today, three of them tomorrow. Um, how did that, that happen? Well, I obviously did last year at, um, uh, in Prague, Top Hotel Praha, never forget, hashtag multivitamin juice. Um, and I'll, <laughs> uh, I did that last year. And actually, uniquely, I think we're maybe the only outfit that's ever covered eight games of Warhammer at the same time because that's what a, a match is. It's two teams of eight playing against each other. Uh, and while I also like to think I've covered lots of other events, singles, doubles, teams, and other stuff, of multiple systems, I've done Blood Bowl, MCP, um, uh, obviously 40K, obviously Age of Sigma. Um, and I hope to do more Star Wars, uh, old world stuff like that in the future. Um, uh, I've been doing coverage for a long time, so you might not know that. So I just thought I'd put that in there. Uh, and so I don't think there's many there's not many people who can say that they will cover eight tables, although I'm sure there's lots of people who say they do some coverage. So um, I think by default, I get to do the coverage, which is great. Although I do put a, pit, uh, a bid in um, and it's really fun uh, going through that process. Uh, so there you go. Um, uh, thanks for your awesome coverage, no problem. Thanks everyone for subscribing. Uh, so uh, yes, that's how I, I basically got it. Uh, I'm lucky enough uh, that I get to um, communicate a lot with everyone inside of the Age of Sigmar community, specifically Tom, um, uh, who uh, was part of the team running the event for Worlds this year. But obviously, uh, Jeremy was the commissioner and there's a bunch of other people who are great, um, uh, who I liaised with about coverage. So yeah, I left uh, um, on the Sunday evening, well, Monday morning, sorry, having packed, got a very casual train uh, <laughs> over to London. Um, and then I was getting the Eurostar, which is great because I have to carry three huge cases full of equipment all on my own. Please, uh, tears in the chat for Rob. F's in the chat for Rob and his poor little hands carrying these big cases. Um, thankfully they had little wheels. So I love that. So I've never done the Eurostar before. And one of the attractive things about the Eurostar was that it's a direct trip 
You don't have to go in and out of security. You do have to go in and out of security, but it's not super challenging. But it's just a train from London to Amsterdam. Uh, I arrived super early, uh, hung out with Owen. We had a, a lovely little coffee break, uh, which was nice. Uh, and then uh, I made myself... Um, uh, oh, and Bart. I think Bart was there as well. God, was that only that day? Um, and then we got the train. The train was chill. I was doing some work still, trying to sort out the overlay stuff uh, and the, the, the programming. Uh, and then the train got stuck in Brussels. Um, and then at midnight, I uh, got stuck in Brussels. And then I had to get a taxi from Brussels to Amsterdam with Ed and Charlie. Shout out to Ed and Charlie. Um, uh, like there was a taxi and he was like I'll take some people so I went up and down the train trying to find some people the reason that I went early on the Monday instead of on the Tuesday is because when when I did wake up on the Tuesday uh, it took probably well I got there at nine and I don't think we finished setting up until like midnight so however long that is I think what is that like 13 hours or something like that um Thanks, Kenny, for resubscribing. Uh, so I got there early. Well, I wanted to get there early. Instead, I got there at 4.30 in the morning, um, which was pretty rough. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't get much sleep. And then we did a big setup day. Uh, and then I was joined by Mark. Um, uh, and he was great helping me do all the setup. Uh, and then John uh, was there as well. Dan, unsupervised, all turned up that day. And I'm going to, before I forget now at this point, the crew was, Dan did coverage with me as in the commentary. Uh, Mark was table bossing and did a great job of that. John did the camera work. Uh, Mike did a load of the overlays. And then Charlie gave me a lot of information from the field. Owen also helped do some uh, commentary uh, in the singles event. So I want to thank all of those individually, which is really great. Yeah, Liberator Dan, 50 Liberator Dan. That's the guy. Um, so then uh, we, we set up and it was in an amazing hotel. Uh, there are loads and loads of fantastic pictures that you can find all online from this event. Uh, loads of wonderful pictures uh, from, uh, like, there's one here, for instance. Uh, there's uh, Hannah playing against uh, a guy called Carl, who's actually really, really far away. Uh, much further away than you would think, which is why he appears so small in the picture. But as you can see, the hotel's really lovely. I'm going to do, like, a... Um, I'm going to do like a more condensed video about worlds uh, in the future. Uh, but this is more like my thoughts and uh, not insights, because as you know, we don't do insights on this Wargamer, just hot trash opinions. Yeah, a guy called Carl. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, and Ziggy. Ziggy turned up later, but I was going to mention that in a minute. Ziggy turned up later with the hot stats. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so that was the team we set up. So then we, uh, the thing was organized by the Alliance Open people who are a wonderful team. So you've got Danny, uh, you've got Martijn, and you've got Tom, um, uh, uh, tend to be the core three, um, who uh, like, are just wonderful people. The enthusiasm that, um, that they brought to the event was uh, stunning is the only real way to describe it. I've worked with loads of really great TOs around the world. Uh, Mark Wilson seems like a like a really fantastic TO here in the UK. Um, and I've worked, I've worked with lots of TOs. Some great, some good. And Jeffrey, of course. Yes, and Jeffrey. Yes, and Jeffrey, thank you. Um, Jeffrey was playing, though, so I kind of like took that out of my head. Um, uh, but they were really motivated. The thing was really well organized. Um, they seemed really keen. There was actually a bit I wanted to just say... Uh, that kind of really struck me at one point it was kind of like maybe 11 o'clock one night um and we were doing some tech stuff i can't remember what it was and i looked over and um uh 
is Danny right? Um, was who is like keeps himself to himself. Definitely, Tom was like front and center, like running the event. But he was just it was like eleven o'clock at night, um, and just very kind of like, uh, like peacefully, almost monastically, was going up and down the tables, reorganizing each table, cleaning down scorecards, and making stuff just very organized. Like quite a thankless task, quite a, like a monotonous task, and a task that didn't really seem to be, um, like it. it it really felt like if you're trying to run like a big event, like that's someone else's job, right? That's not your job. But just very pleasantly just going and making sure everything was run very well was actually something that like really struck me uh, and made me think about that a lot. Anyway, great crew. Martin, super hype. Tom, brilliant as well. Um, uh, really, really amazing crew um, and was super good. So uh, we can talk about the event. Uh, oh, and they also hired in a ref team. I was going to talk about that later, but I'll talk about that now. So they also hired in a ref team, uh, which is really great. Now, I know three of their names, and I'm missing one, so I apologize. So you've got Gareth over from uh, the west side of the USA. You had Madigan uh, from New York, and then you had the wonderful Charlie uh, from Italy, uh, who is comfortably one of my favorite people ever. Just a little Charlie uh, comment, um, uh, joke, if I can throw that in there. And Michael, thank you. Um, Michael from Belgium, thank you very much. Um, uh, like, there was this wonderful moment where, and I'm, I'm not going to say who, but someone came up to Charlie and asked him about terrain rules, and they said, hey, Charlie, uh, I don't think the, the, the terrain rules work the way that you think. And Charlie's response was, there's a there's a games workshop store in Amsterdam. If you go there, find one of the red shirts. They're going to give you an intro game, uh, and then you'll know the rules, and then you'll be able to talk to me. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what we need. That's, that's what we need. That's what we need. That's what we need. I think. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think several teams drop points not knowing that you need to be inside a garrison to uh, uh, to uh, uh, desecrate a garrison for the battle tactic. Um, <laughs> we have a game. To oh, yeah, that's another one he did. Someone came up to him and said, oh, I'm not sure this works well. And then he said, well, oh, we have a game designer here. And they just started clapping and they walked away. <laughs> uh, hello. Uh, <laughs> anyway wonderful uh gareth was super fun he was on it madigan was great uh and michael i didn't get much chance to talk to but congratulations so they were active refs so this is the first time that we had active refs at um uh, an age sigma event or, or or more importantly very very visibly active refs uh they were walking around they were checking on stuff they were engaging games they were watching tables watching teams um as problems arose they were like a point of uh, like arbitration for the different uh, players. I guess this is the first point I should probably point out uh, that um, I don't feel, and a lot of this show, while I'm currently telling you what happened, as in who who was there, the dramatis personae, uh, and also uh, what the structure of the thing was, um, my feeling, and my feeling from where I was, is that the refs didn't need uh, to intervene overly uh, in anything that was major. There were lots, I'm sure, of um, minutiae questions and also arbitration, but often uh, I very much doubt that they had anything explosive. So if you're here for any spicy hot takes about different teams, the teams were all generally well-behaved. Of course, occasionally you get someone being a dickhead. 
Sometimes the pressure of the situation. Sometimes they just born a dickhead. I don't know. Um, but generally, I don't think that that was common. And if for a quick TLDR, like 12 minutes into the video, um, I would say that the professionalism of the players and also the camaraderie, that's not how you say that, uh, the enthusiasm, the excitement, and the pure joy, uh, highs and lows of playing a competitive game or sport were on display, in my personal opinion. Um, like, I think that that's, like, it's actually maybe the main takeaway, so I don't wanna, I don't wanna blow it out, I, like, I wanna make sure I put that probably right up front, is that like uh it's the first time i felt like i attended a sporting event i know that sounds weird um uh like i know that's i know that sounds like odd but like i, I definitely felt like um i've been to warhammer events before um i've been to team events before but it's the first time i felt like i attended a sporting event um and there you go uh uh okay uh like so yeah lots of people in the chat saying there were some really good people yeah no take backs um there's a bunch of stuff like uh on the table which i think was really interesting especially coming off the conversation last year the conversation last year was very much about how um a lot of people were unprepared for what how serious maybe a, a game of, of of i guess really high-end age sigma was but um, I would say that this year, everyone, like the level of preparation was much, much higher. Uh, so I'll quickly just chronologically talk through my time really quickly. We covered the singles event, um, which was great. So five rounds. Uh, we covered four tables uh, from each round. Uh, Dan and Owen did a day to give my voice a rest, which was really lovely. Uh, there were some incredible games. I table bossed for a day. Uh, how it works, we have two commentators. Uh, and what they do is they press a bunch of buttons to jump between all the different tables. Uh, they draw on the screen and they do all that sorts of stuff. And then we have these people called table bosses. So a table boss's job is to find out what's happening in the games, listen full time to what's happening with the commentators, and then relay information that's relevant so that they can give a good idea of what's happening in the game to the people watching at home, uh, which I think is, uh, I think it's a really fun way of doing it, or at least it's the most accurate way I've currently discovered of doing it. Maybe there are better ways to talk about that. I'll talk about that at the end, because I think you can do some better stuff. Um, uh, like tier list of world's teams niceness. Yes, we'll do that later. Casper uh, <laughs> Agdal, I'm your biggest fan. I'm Casper Agdal's I'm a fan of him as well. Um, getting some comments in the chat, and I think it's worth reading out because we've got a lot of players from Worlds here. Judges were awesome as well. Organisation was near perfect. Uh, and the venue was awesome. Uh, yes, I agree with all of that. Uh, and then Gareth, who's one of the refs. As a refing point of view, there was a stark difference from a normal GT. There were no stupid questions. Uh, refs were only needed to judge distances, line of sight, and weird interactions. Which, that's pretty brilliant. That's direct from the ref's mouth on how it was. Um, so pretty amazing uh, so we covered the singles event and there were some amazing games i got a shout out at this point vlad um because he played some brilliant warhammer on the tabletop uh also milladin i got to see him play some wicked beast of chaos games which is really fun uh, and a special shout out to yorin uh who uh went 5-0 again at that event as did ronya uh in the singles event like she did last year uh, but yorin going back to back world champion uh at the singles event at worlds is pretty incredible pretty incredible um uh, so like i think that's i think that's fairly fairly well done to be honest um yeah the yes uh the my favorite game maybe my favorite game might be the vlad and milladin game though uh because it was just both players just playing uh uh, uh like an incredible game of warhammer 
um, and it just swinging back and forth quite a lot, and it was just brilliant. My favourite moment in that game, uh, Beast of Chaos have got the ability from off-board to move a unit, uh, and then when Milladin did it, he rolled a double one, so the unit only moved two inches. He was trying to move some units so he could break apart the corn castle uh, and then charge in with some bulgors. Uh, after he'd finished uh, moving multiple models, uh, Vlad was like, okay, cool, I'm just going to use a blood tithe and move him back. <laughs> That was just a great moment, which... Uh, will you upload the singles games on YouTube? Yes, I will. Uh, I also will do that as well. Um, uh, like, uh, Blood Tide is balanced, yes. Also, yeah, shout out to Melodin for just playing the Ultimate Sportsmanship and ignoring the clock out. Uh, there were clocks used in each game, so I should talk about that. Each game used clocks. You got half of the time allowed. It's a great way of playing Warhammer. That way, if you see that your opponent's only got 10 minutes and you've got 45 minutes, you know that you've got loads of time to make decisions and, and be really relaxed. I personally think, even with clocks, I think games should go to turn five. I think there's a really good conversation we can have as a community where games don't end on turn three and we work it out. I think that that's super, super fair uh, because I think that you've just taken the time, you've taken too much time in the earlier turns and it feels weird and I'm not a big fan of it personally. Um, but the clocks are there to make sure both players have a fair amount of time. If you do clock out, you're not allowed to do anything other than roll your armor saves or your necessary ward saves. So you can't do any optional wards or anything like that. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was the singles event uh, and uh, uh, an incredible performance from some of the players. Uh, really, uh, Git's doing really well. Uh, I think they came first, second and fourth. Uh, which is good, and corn coming in third. So, the, and all those games are online, and you can go watch them, um, and they will be on YouTube later in the week. Uh, and I hope that helps. Um, uh, uh, like, yeah, um, right. So, uh, so that's singles. Then we go into teams. Now, this is where uh, I'd like to talk about. So, we were covering four games at once. This is where we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> Wednesday evening. The whole team was there, um, which was great. Uh, Ziggy had turned up. We'd done loads of like, set up uh, with him, and he was really instrumental in making sure we brought, got all of the results from the games. Um, and then we had this wonderful, uh, we had this wonderful uh, production meeting, me and all the guys. And I was like, we went through all of the lists for the first round, which was Scotland versus... Uh, who was Scotland playing? Oh, Australia. Uh, Scotland versus Australia. Um, and we went through all this stuff. I was like, hey, listen, if it's if there's Lumineth on the table, I want to know that. I want to know if Protection Techless is up. I want to know which units that they've bellicored. Let me know which units. And they're like, yeah, okay. I was like, and if it's this, tell me this. And if it's this, tell me this. And I was so keen. And then Dan was in the production meeting with me, and we were like, yeah. And so Charlie and Mark, who were going to do that, uh, bring that information from the table. So two table bosses walking around it. Um, then bang, absolutely on it. And they were on it in the morning. And so we got there in the morning, we set up for covering eight tables of Warhammer at once, and my mind was exploded. It is impossible to gather that much information, and I was overwhelmed on a personal level. Dan did really well, sat next to me commentating. And I want to, at this point, uh, give a special shout out to Dan, um, who's able to handle me uh, really struggling for that first round. It was just such a bombard of information. And that's my fault. I, w I, like, I wanted to uh, bring every the audience a really in-depth review of the best 
games that you could probably get of Agent Sigmar in the world. Obviously, there are other great games happening, but like these are players who've practiced and competed, and it was a disaster. Like it was overwhelming. It was harrowing. Like having just two people shouting at you information while also commentating with your your, your co-host, making sure you listen to them, and then trying to say something yourself just flooded with information uh and at that point during the lunch i was like hey everyone you did exactly what i wanted you to do i was wrong <laughs> give me literally no information <laughs> like give me oh literally nothing oh i should also mention also um uh, and something i would like to do for the following years if that's comfortable for everyone we also had a french language team as well um there uh creative war games so i'm gonna shout them out so the french language team uh and uh, because the way i built the the technology for covering the four the eight games uh what you can have is you can have um the ability for that to go to one desk so the english coverage team but also go to another desk which would be uh in this case was the french coverage team uh, and so while um, they, I'm sure the French team would have loved to only cover the French team for all six rounds, um, there isn't really space or infrastructure to do that. Um, and I, I would like to think, and, and this is with love to the Creative Wargame uh, team from me and any other language teams that want to turn up um, in the next few years, is so when I'm covering the, the World Championships or an event anyway, uh, I'm trying to cover the whole event uh, and not just the stuff that's very relevant to me. I think it makes a lot of sense for the French team to want to cover the French people. Uh, and I respect that and I understand that. Uh, I think though, like it would be interesting to be able to um, understand the other teams by analyzing them as well, if that makes sense. Um, because it would be great to have like, you know, a German or Swedish coverage team. And the technology I've built allows you to set up and cover all eight games in the way that we cover all eight games. So you have the same process, um, which I think is super handy. And I would love, um, uh, like, uh, no, it's not about compensation for using the equipment. I was actually really happy to let them use uh, the equipment as it worked because it was great. They even, uh, even the roaming camera, which uh, John was using. Uh, so like our kind of like, you know, it's just a roaming camera. So like a good high-end roaming camera was able to like uh, work. Oh, another bit of like fun thing is uh, our microphone, uh, which we use to table boss with. So it's like a high-end, what's called a dynamic microphone so that it reduces the noise um, broke during transport. So we were backed up with these headset microphones, which uh, were limited in their ability, uh, limited abilities, which is a bit rough. Um, uh, Switch Great War Game still had a blast to make French population see how other nations played the game. Perfect. That's exactly what I want. I think that's the right thing to do um, is to cover the whole event. Don't just cover like a team. Anyway, that's kind of like the same thoughts last year. Um, uh, <laughs> why would they do that? They have nothing to lose. Let's go. Bonjour. Uh, but yeah, they were lovely. And I want to especially shout out the Creative War Game team because they were really kind. They were super nice. We had loads of chats about stuff uh, and they were great. So real fun people. Um, and I would love more in-language people as well. Like I would love there to be uh, like some Spanish language stuff. Like I know there's a large scene there um, uh, in Spain. Like it would be fun to get different language teams doing the coverage like us. 
uh, because really it's super worth talking about um, and, and putting out there. Um, uh, okay, so uh, the, after the first round, I was like, we fucked this up, lads. And by we, me, I fucked it up. I apologise. And they were all like, don't worry about it. Dan was wonderful covering my little ass because I messed it up. Uh, and then we uh, we cracked on. And then I think from that point on, it was pretty smooth sailing. The technology broke a couple of times. There was one round where I'm trying to cover the game while Dan's trying to make the software that draws on the screen restart because that was broken. Uh, the audio broke on one part. Um, uh, I noticed. Uh, so we we did some bits. Uh, and just then we just piled through for five rounds. Um, and uh, I guess then, and then we just, and so that, that's, that's the coverage part over. And the coverage team were brilliant. I'm super lucky. Um, I'm really uh, fortunate that they wanted to do that with me. They were great. And that was good. Okay, let's talk about the teams now, players and uh, the, everything else uh, from my experience. Great games. Um, the teams were super fun when they got the pairings. Let's start actually with the pairings. Let's do that. If you don't know how pairings work, uh, both teams of eight need to work out who's going to play into who. Okay? Awful. Awful thing. The worst. So deeply nerdy. So terribly, terribly boring. Like, I imagine if you care, it's so interesting. So interesting. And uh, there have been posts by uh, different uh, captains with their their spreadsheets. Uh, we should talk about this a little minute. So when you do the pairings, you have your two teams of eight playing against each other. You have three people that can do the pairings. And what they do is they put down one defender, so a secret army of their eight, and they flip it over. And then you have two attackers go against them from the enemy, uh, well, from not the enemy, from the opposing team. Uh, and then the defender chooses one of the attackers and play against it. And then you have different colour matchups. So a green matchup would be a matchup where you think you're going to score more points uh, which on a 20-0 system. So you're going to score more points than your opponent and get points for your team. Yay. Yeah, I imagine an orange matchup is like... No, a yellow matchup is like good but not great. An orange matchup is bad but not awful. And a red matchup is, yikes, this is the worst. Um... Uh, like, and I think it's really shit. I'm going to put that out there. Uh, now, obviously, I'm not one of the captains doing it. I'm just one of the stupid coverage guys uh, being a little coverage bitch. Uh, but after uh, after the first uh, round, we just stopped doing it because I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't care how it happened. I don't, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered what your plan was or wasn't going into it. It requires study to a degree that is just not fun. And I'm not interested. Like, that's a no from me. Maybe there's someone out there who's like, hey, Rob, I'm going to come along and be your pairings guy and talk about it. And you'll be talking to an audience, I think. And if I'm wrong, obviously, you can say in the chat or in the YouTube comments or, or, or if it's a podcast, just send me a letter. Um, uh, like, just boring, terrible unexciting you'll be streaming to an audience of three in my opinion oh no all the other people doing pairings that's who you'll be streaming to yeah uh <laughs> like that's who you'll be covering to literally no one right um uh wasn't a ton of super series content based on pairings a ton of series content was based on pairings uh in a four-person format that wasn't paired into and i should say um uh like i should say that 
they also paired into four battle plans per round. So there were four battle plans being played by both teams, uh, and they were being played twice. So if they were playing, let's say, Lurkers Below, there were two versions of Lurkers Below in those eight matches being played in those teams. Um, uh, so, like... Uh, that's also uh, my other negative. If I if I do have another negative, um, is that all the missions are in play. I don't think all of the missions uh, are what I would say tournament viable. I don't think that they make for fun games. In fact, actually, uh, what we've heard uh, a couple of the games were points that aggressively went to another team because they were playing twists and turns. Um, and while I know, thanks Ziggy for resubscribing, and while I know all of the captains voted for this, um, I would like to see the organization just uh, put a stamp on top of it. Um, uh, like, I, I, I personally think that you should just be playing um, one mission per round. And I have a follow-up reason for this, and I've said this a load. I don't think Age the Age of Sigmar World Championships should be the Age of Sigmar World Championships of pairings and kind of playing your matchup well i think that that's bullshit i think it's over the top um i think it should be the age of sigma world championships of playing the game and i think the pairings process removes a lot of the agency of playing that game especially into multiple battle plans now that ties in really nicely with captains and also teams that are really good at organizing and producing that as in they want it to be as complicated and as uh um fixable as possible because that way it's less on the onus for the players to play well right if you can just win at pairings then you don't need to play the game as well right if that makes sense so i would like to see that gone away um uh, and i said the same thing last year as well uh and I yeah, and I said this last year, and, and and I actually now I haven't done the research on this, and maybe there's some old people in the chat uh, who will know where pairings in Age of Sigmar came from. Obviously, it was in Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Obviously, it's also in 40k as well. Um, so it would have been in this older system called the ETC or the European Team Championships, and maybe even before then as well. Um, and my argument uh, is that I don't think it's ever been addressed. I don't like it's just well, that's what we do. That's how it works. That's how you do the pairings. And I think actually, not sure if I'm a fan of that. Not sure it's been looked at, redesigned, rethought about, uh, or even um, uh, looked at. But those are probably my only like structural changes. And also they give the event an identity. You know, you do that, that's a part of the process. There are, as some people have said in the chat, uh, a fascinating bunch, bunch of information there that would be really interesting to deep dive, right? Um, uh, like uh, so then uh, so we've got comments in the chat and I'm going to read them out as we go uh, Gitly says and lovely to see Gitly uh, I really disagree I think the pairings process is such a great part of teams it allows builds and armies that may otherwise be less viable uh, and just a guy in the chat says I really like pairings as part of team tawnies to be honest I think it adds a lot of extra strategy to the rounds but also what type of list you can bring and have them be viable now I don't necessarily think that that's overly true I think that that again is one of those uh, false narratives, not intentionally produced by anyone in the chat, but um, I would say that the Lumineth lists weren't any different other than the winners um, because of the pairings. 
Similarly, like the Beastie Chaos Parrot lists were variants on themselves. The Zinch lists were variants on themselves. Uh, the Gitz lists, which these were all the most popular, were variants on themselves. In fact, actually, um, uh, like I would say that just if we take the a, a microcosm, a single snapshot of the Sigma World Championships this year, 2023, uh, the, the, that statement isn't true or would be more difficult to maybe stand behind uh, that it produces different armies that wouldn't be viable because I didn't see that happen. In fact, I saw the same armies um, like repeated time and time again. Um, and I'm not saying do away with pairings. Uh, I think maybe just do away with pairings into battle plans. I think that sucks. Um, and then I think uh, you could again reapproach how pairings are done. Uh, having double defenders. Um, uh, there's a bunch of stuff you could do uh, that there's a whole conversation to have about that, which is actually really exciting because I think uh, deciding, like last year, if we'd have left Prague um, being like, this is what Age of Sigmar is forever, then I think uh, seeing the improvement that Age of Sigmar uh, World Championships was at um, in Amsterdam this year really showcases that uh, we're all looking to improve what is happening, whether it be the organisers, the refs, the teams themselves, um, the coverage team, any of those things. We're all trying to make it so it's the best thing possible. And I think it's super okay to say to ourselves, maybe we didn't solve that 20 years ago. Maybe we could think up something interesting and different, right? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so uh, that's that's maybe my only like negatives, uh, the, the pairings and also uh, the, the pairings and um the pairing into different battle plans i also asked tom i don't know if this ended up happening so the organizer to actually track the pairings information how many times we got something down as a defender how many times we got units as attackers and we were going to do some stats based on that i'm not 100 percent certain if that information got tracked and if it didn't it again got lost into the sands of time uh, and again uh, no one ever has to back up whether or not pairings were useful or not uh, again it can just be a nebulous thing that we all have feelings on oh yes it has been done excellent so then do expect a stats deep dive on that information later on uh, in the year um uh shouldn't have been the rest was fine uh, like uh, so the team, okay, so that information has been tracked. And that was some, oh, and then a special thank you to Ziggy and Tom and anyone who helped us track that. So that's all the team captains. A special thank you from me. We have, I think for the first time, pairings data. Which I think will be interesting to look at. I think. We'll see. <laughs> uh, like, we'll see. Um, right, okay, so uh, let's talk about the, the teams, 24 teams. Uh, the event was eventually won by uh, Spoilers. Uh, by the Danes, by Denmark. Denmark is uh, a really interesting case study in a team, and I'm going to ask uh, them to come on the stream and do an interview. I was able to catch Rune, team captain, uh, just after having won, um, uh, and I asked him uh, like what he thought, um, what he thought the advantages were to his team in being able to win, uh, and how they were able to beat some of the better teams in the world. He, two really interesting uh, insights from him, which I thought were really amazing. Uh, the first one was uh, trust. He said that they all trusted each other. They trusted the list that they were running. Um, and that was really obvious from an outsider. The team understood each other and they trusted each other. And, their, uh, and his follow-up point was uh, about Morton, uh, who was their losing player. 
And I think this is actually a really interesting little fact. So Morton, and I talked about this already, would go into red matchups. So red matchups that he wasn't meant to do well in. Um, uh, so he wasn't meant to get any points. And so every time he scored some points, he was doing better than he was meant to have done. That's what Morton's job was in the team. And that's actually devastating. I know there's a couple of other people. I spoke to Sam Morgan during dinner one time. He told me that he was playing the same role in his army, uh, sorry, in his team. And there were other people that were saying that they also um, were playing uh, the same role in their team. I think what's incredible is being a pretty successful Warhammer player, uh, i.e. someone who does really well at events all the time, does well in games all the time, and then losing for six games in a row, taking that psychological hit. A lot of these gamers just don't lose. Like, they rarely lose, right? Like, they just don't do it. Um, and so losing consistently, regularly, to help their team win is such an incredible psychological burden to carry. I, I lost again, coach, but I only lost by this. I lost again, coach, but only by this. Like, it's an incredible, uh, like, mental load to take on. Uh, and it's really telling, I think, that uh, Rune's first thoughts as captain weren't to his star strikers that always scored him 20. Uh, wasn't to those tough matchups where someone turned it around. Like, well, wasn't to, like, his leadership or something. He said it was the guy that took a kicking for us every round was our key component. And that was really interesting. I was like, wow, that is... That's a lot to take on. And I saw a couple of people who had played that role in their teams, and they said they were having a really hard week. Imagine flying across the world to get beat on for three days. Like, whoo! But yes, and Gitley's pointed out in the chat, and I think it's a fair point. Uh, one of those really interesting things is you don't think about it losing. Every point that you get over zero is a win, right? Um, which I think is really interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, and uh, like Marx is in the chat, a mindset shift going from all points you can and sacrificing personal glory for the rest of the squad is such a huge task. I agree. Well, so then, um, uh, I think it's worth talking about that. Uh, the, the points all got allocated uh, across the team from the wins and the losses, and then you end up with a score. And we ended up with some uh, pretty interesting matches. Um, going into round two, there was maybe one of the bigger matches, uh, which was England versus Denmark. Now, this is actually pretty massive because England were the current world champions at the time, um, and also definitely the team to beat. Uh, and the Danes uh, beat them in a pretty like shocking uh, turn of events. This is actually what how I, I would personally describe as the environment opening up um the 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 room was electric and and for to team england and for team england uh i hope uh that you guys losing around doesn't um in any way uh like talking about the enjoyment i think that was created by it isn't hopefully too hard to hear because team england were obviously picked to win the event if that makes sense so knowing that that god can bleed uh and that giants can fall uh, really exploded the room, in my opinion. Like, I think teams were like, wow, okay, okay, let's go. Like, there's, we have a tournament now. It's not just going to be one team getting 120, 120, 120 to 120, and it being, which is the most points you can score in a round. It actually exploded the, the environment. Also, really good for England as well, in my personal opinion, because then what happened for them is 
they had to like pick themselves up off the ground uh, having lost a round and they did really great they ended up coming third and they went into a bunch of other tough matchups um, uh, like and it wasn't the first time they lost they also lost to USA as well um, and they had some real tough rounds and I think being able to like soldier on from a position of like whoo okay that was a, a bit of a kick in is actually really impressive and England should be really proud as a team um, and I think it's quite impressive uh, especially because like that's the mark isn't it we just talked about losing loads of games and it being really important I think we've also got to talk about a lot of the other teams in the room lose pretty consistently uh, shout out Team Ireland uh, but Team Ireland were like we're not losing like we're winning a game we're winning a round like they were like fighting from the every every blow that they took was uh, pretty impressive and they were like we're going to stand up we're going to go again we're going to stand up we're going to go again some teams who don't need to who don't always lose a lot have to uh keep going if that makes sense they uh like they, they've got to learn how to move forward it was pretty exciting to see that happen uh, in my opinion and it reminds me although i didn't see this personally it reminds me of those movies where you've got the locker room halfway talk you know and he's like we need a buckle up boys yeah we're, we're turning to shit out there uh and i imagine there was a conversation like that or maybe there wasn't i don't know uh but i think it's really exciting to see that happen in those um uh that format uh, i think it's really good um uh, Okay, uh, what else? What else happened? Uh, Denmark won, which is uh, great. Um, they had very unique and interesting list. There was an Alariel with the Tree Lord, for God's sakes. Uh, Lumineth had uh, <laughs> Lumineth had a Light of Altharian, for goodness' sakes, as well. So it was really interesting that not only did uh, not only did the meta team win. Oh, sorry, the non-meta team win. Uh, they won fairly resoundingly, which I think is quite interesting. Um, there were some new starters uh, or new, new teams that hadn't been at an event before. Uh, Canada, shout out to them, they did great. Serbia and Greece was their first time at the event. They should be super chuffed with themselves. Uh, I know that uh, 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 Marco, who was the captain for Team Serbia, uh, has stepped down um, after uh, just today or yesterday um, because Serbia did come last. But I really don't think that that's something he should... Uh, feel sad about because the level of um, the level of play was bonkers and I think that's the next thing to talk about um, last year I think there was a marked difference between the teams that were doing well and the teams that weren't this year that was not the same the games were and the matches were incredibly close there was lots of there were very few blowout rounds um, and there were lots of very tightly fought matches, which is actually really interesting because um, it means the level of play has gone, gone up. I think Age of Sigmar um, has got a very healthy international community. I think more and more of us are talking to each other across uh, international divides uh, and learning from each other, talking to each other, being a part of like a global community when it comes to playing the game at a high level. Uh, and I think it was actually incredibly impressive to uh, see just how well those teams had come on and improved. Um, and I think, uh, having already known that they did a lot of like dedicated practicing and, and strategizing, so it's actually uh, incredible to see the level of play. And again, just to to put a pin in that for the coverage team, the worst, the worst, being. Being a Warhammer fan, that's me, sorry, an Age of Sigmar fan, let's be clear, 
wanting to see these incredible players who I'm a fan of um, in person play a game and then not being able to watch the game because I have to cover eight games at once is fucking heartbreaking. Like, absolutely heartbreaking. There were matches where I was like, I could just watch this for two hours. I can just watch this game for two hours. Don't need... To, and then I'll watch all seven other games in this match for another three hours. Like, they were brilliant. And that was, like, really challenging. Uh, and something I'd like to address next year. Probably by recording those games individually. Uh, because... We ended up missing out on uh, some incredible games, the detail of those incredible games. And I want to apologize to the people who we had on the stream uh, that right now that's not something that's possible, uh, but it's something in the future I'd like to work out how to make it more possible uh, so that we can cover those games. Because those are some of the most incredible games you could ever see. I think about the Lurkers Below game uh, when Noah ended up taking out those Fire Slayers in that final uh, turn uh, to take that unit off to, to get his team the big 20 nil which is incredible there were also games which we never even got to even if we were recording the games we would never got to watch uh, the famous game between I think famous game at this point where Pedro using his Beast of Chaos army was able to completely screen out his opponent's Beast of Chaos army uh, which is <laughs> an incredible moment and reminiscent of the white scars um uh, scene from uh, Warhammer 40,000, if everyone remembers, uh, which I think is uh, interesting. Uh, so, uh, like, maybe two to three focus games or five to six you could cover lightly. I just, that you can never guarantee that the two to three games that you focus on are not the games that are not going to be, that are going to be the exciting games or the interesting games, right? Um, uh, which is interesting. Uh, so, yeah, it was brilliant. There was also a great game uh, between uh, Tom Guan. Uh, having lost all of his models by turn three, uh, and Fabian having killed all of them and not lost a model, lost all of lost the game because none of the objectives turned on twist and turns, which I think is funny. Uh, so there we go. Um, uh, no, we obviously didn't we didn't record the games this year uh, because again we just don't have that infrastructure yet uh, because it's a lot to organise. I like I hope uh, people I, I, to do yeah it takes a lot. I don't need to go into the details of what it takes to, to do coverage of eight tables at once, but it's a lot. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot of um, working things out. Uh, okay, so uh, the teams were great. There were loads of great teams. Teams were great, the players were great, and I would say the level of play is higher than I've ever seen it um, and was fairly intimidating, actually, uh, to see that level of skill, uh, thought, and processing that got into the game. It was really exciting. And also, if there's another takeaway, was being done in incredibly high spirits. Um, lots of people congratulating each other, shaking each other's hands, uh, patting each other on the back, saying great game. I saw like jerseys were sh swapped all the time. Uh, people were uh, doing all sorts of brilliant, lovely stuff. And it was just a really fun, uh, engaging environment. Um, uh, like, uh, like, uh, yeah, really amazing. Okay, so uh, is there any questions? I think I've covered most of the stuff so far. Uh, it's been a bit of a stream of consciousness. Um, but like, I'd like to just deal with some individual questions right now and then see uh, what you think. Uh, the atmosphere was great. It was really good. Oh, I guess the final uh, uh, thank you, if there's a thank you, is um, I hope it was good enough for the people watching at home. 
uh, a lot of resources from the organizers went into making sure the coverage team could stream the event and i hope for the players um and also uh the people at home uh that we did a good enough job like it was a, so a worry of mine to this point um how was how was lunch with bart lol it was great i love i love bart he was lovely um uh, does Dan like elves or not? I wasn't sure. He loves elves. Uh, yes, you're taking care of yourself. The coverage is great. I want to uh, great too. Yes, thank you. Uh, I took a week off uh, and I'm excited to get back to making coverage. Um, uh, Dan, I have had some questions on Twitter, so I'll go through those in um, in person. Uh, how was the world's environment in general? Was it uh, what was our community should strive more like or do we need more work? Oh, I guess actually, uh, where would I like to see... Where would I like to see... Uh, where would I like to see uh, Warhammer? What would I like to see in the future for for the Warhammer Championships or the Warhammer Age of Sigmar World Championships? Sorry, I would like to see. Um, there's a real great series of questions here. Uh, sorry, answers. I'd like to see more teams from different nations. Um, so shout out if you're from any of the nations that didn't have a team this year. I'd love to, I'd love to see that. Uh, that would be really good because I think there was loads and loads of people who thoroughly enjoyed being there and it would be great to do that more again. Um, uh, I would like to see more than one team from a nation be able to play. Uh, and I would maybe like to see the team's format happen for more rounds. I think the singles format is great, uh, but I think that like, and again, it's a logistic conversation. I can have Tom on the show or some of the event organizers on the show to have a conversation or Jeremy as the commissioner uh, or whoever the commissioner is next year. Um, I would like to see more teams from each nation. Now I know that's a little bit like, oh, well, they're the team for the nation. Uh, uh, so five player teams per two nation. Yes. Or four even, or four or five or something like that and my reason for that is is i think one of the things so six of the eight players of the uh the team uh, the, the danish team were from the same club and you could see the strength of their bond in their play style and also in how they presented themselves on the tabletop um which i think was great uh, and like you can see that and while I'm very sure having met them and talked to them a lot they'll be so keen to get more people into their community it's very tough to say hey we're going to take the guy who won the world championship with us last year not the new person right um, so I would love to see that um, because like it's going to be very hard it's, it's very hard for new people to get an international cap, i.e. to get international experience. What was interesting between this year and last year is the game level was much, much higher. I would say that's because a lot of the people who played last year practiced before this year, so they were much better. But those other people that maybe want to take part in that process and or compete aren't able to have that experience, and it's so rare that you can get it. Um, uh, there's also the option, as being pointed out in the chat, that it could be another form of event where it's international, smaller teams, but more teams from each nation. And the reason I think that would be really good is that gives lots of other people 
international experience. There are great events that we have here in the UK, like we have Blood Tithe as an example. I know the Alliance Open have a team event in September where if you want to go, you can play and have international experience, which I think is really, really worthwhile to do if you're someone who's keen to play in teams. I think that's awesome and I'm super keen and very pro it. The um, if, I have a, if I have a follow-up, it's that like, I think we could accelerate the level of play in your country by having more of those people able to go to international events and get their shit kicked in <laughs> and they come back and be like oh right i get it now i get it um uh uh so uh, like I think that's I like yeah. <laughs> uh, the problem is it's supposed to go to international events. Of course it is. Of course it is. And you have local events, of course, where you have local team events. There's the uh, the ATC, the American Team Championships, that happens in the US, and also other team events as well. Uh, there is a uh, NashCon uh, team championships. I'm sure of it, or Nashville team championships. Or there was, uh, and I'm sure there are more. That's just the USA. USA is obviously massive. There are loads of great events, team events in Australia, as an example. Uh, all the boys in Brisbane have uh, the team event uh, up there that happens at the later part of the year. Um, uh, so th there's lots, like, um, but more international team events means more people going to international teams. And if the Australian team, the eight-person team, can only go to let's say the age of sigma world championships doesn't mean they can't go to the international age of sigma world four person team championships whatever the fuck you know what i mean i just think that would be better for the community more people have more access to go to events also i think taking a lesson from the danes that having those small tight-knit communities where they practice and train a lot and work together produces just better warhammer in some cases and that might be more viable as well um uh, Germany has a club championship as well. There you go. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, there's loads of there's loads of team events, right? Um, uh, if you let the bigger, stronger nations have multiple teams, does that create a wider gap in small nations that struggle to even get people f to form one team? Pete, yes, maybe. And maybe there's a great conversation about fair representation later down the line. And while this is the first time I felt like an event felt like a sporting event, because it definitely did feel like that, um, and there's a really good conversation about making it really fair, there's also a really good conversation about bringing lots more people into the tent, if that makes sense. Like, as you all know, like, and if you are listening to this, or like, tournament gamers have and always do have a stigma attached to them. And I saw none of that at the highest level this weekend at the, well, last weekend, sorry, at the Age of Sigma World Team Championships. I saw just amazing, great sportsmanship from people who are very much at the very top of their game. I saw them drinking, having fun, and having a good time. Um, and I don't think the concept of excluding some people because um, other communities are slightly smaller is uh, like a, currently a positive one because I think the idea is that you could actually get a lot more people into that tent. You could make this big, massive jamboree of fun, and I think that that's actually a real positive, a real big takeaway, um, and maybe have the rounds have more rounds, and the reason for that is um is more of the teams get to play more of the teams you get to create like friendships and bonds i think a lot of the players will say uh, and it's true for me at least that you uh, spending time with some of the players and people you got to spend time with over the was like par for the course um it was like the one of the reasons if not the best reason to have been 
Um, and extending that, adding more people into that mix and creating more of that feels like a positive to me personally. Um, uh, like, uh, there we go. Uh, more teams might actually dilute the talent pool for large countries. It could do. Like, there's, there's, some, there's some really good conversations about it. Uh, so I just thought I'd say that. Uh, okay, so let's follow up some more questions. Um, was there any army faction that you feel over underperformed? I feel KO underperformed. Um, and I felt that Sinesh overperformed in my personal experience. And my reason for that is, is I didn't think that they were overly good, but there were some matches where they dominated. Uh, I don't know what the win rate is on them yet. So, but that was a, I went in there unimpressed with the Sinesh matchup. Um, but seeing it paired into squigs a lot made a lot of sense. Uh, depravity, what were they called? Depravity pinatas. Uh, <laughs> uh, they seem really positive, but I also saw some Sinesh. Uh, just get battered, which I think is interesting. Um, Zinch performed really well uh, in some cases. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I think Beasts really showcased, uh, especially Beasts, in my opinion, are an incredibly high skill cap army. And I think there were some players at Worlds that really showcased just how good you can be with that army. Uh, Sylvaneth, wow. Um, uh, a special shout out to the Danish player uh, playing Sylvaneth. I got to see some electric Warhammer. Also, uh, the player from Belgium playing uh Sylvaneth as well in the you would have never called that going into the day I would have never said there's going to be a Sylvaneth mirror potentially for the championship with two Alariels in it but there we were <laughs> uh there we are there we were everyone uh Morton was playing Saves the Darkness uh which I think is interesting um so but again probably deserves more of uh like a breakdown uh, I think is interesting. Um, why is the competitive AOS world scene more chill and laid back than 40k equivalent? I don't know if that's necessarily true. I th I hope the coverage um, lets more people in to the experience and therefore it seems more relaxed. But I will say that, again, sh to the organisers, the refs, and all of the support staff, because the environment was so relaxed, uh, the, the venue was incredible, uh, the train was great, uh, the rules were done. There were refs on hand. Drinks were very readily available because the environment was very relaxed. It wasn't stressful. Then I think the players weren't as stressed because they weren't having to fight for space or room or it was just very well done. How good was the fudge? Amazing. I ate like 90 fudges. Um, uh, did Smorgan ever find his bag of lollies? No, he didn't, I'm afraid. Uh Give us the wrestling arc. Who were the heels? Uh, like who? Uh, who was everyone secretly rooting for? Which tables everyone secretly want to be watching? There were some great photos. In fact, I think I got Tom to take a couple. There was an amazing uh, match between, and I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to find the picture um, somewhere. I think Tom put it up, and I'll try and find it for you guys. But there was an amazing match between uh, Rune, the captain of um, Team Denmark, against the French, who were definitely legitimately. Um, a, a major threat. They were they were out for blood, and they were very likely to take out the event. But there's a really great picture um, of Rune playing uh, Yorin, who went 5-0 and has gone 5-0 twice uh, at the uh, the 
the Age Sigma World Championship singles, um, uh, doing going into going into rune temperature as I call it, going into rune temperature where he goes over the table. I'm going to try and do a physical representation of this now. Yeah, uh, the table's intense. Owen, have you got the picture? Is it on your timeline? I'll try and find it for everyone. If you listen to us a podcast, I'll try to describe it to you. Um, let me find this pic somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. It's a good picture, wherever the hell it ends up. Oh no, I don't think it's. I don't think it's online. I'll find it at some point. But there's a great picture of him just stood over a table, like this, like a like a giant, um, uh, <laughs> which is good. Um, uh, how was having the stream tables outside the main hall? I think it was really good for the teams and the table bosses. Um, I think that was actually a real positive. So uh, shout out to the organisers. Could have been a bit brighter. Um, uh, but yes, I think having the, the stream table separate to the rest of the hall was really beneficial to the players. Uh, thank you very much. That's really great. Um, I'm just going to get this picture for everyone to see because it's super worth looking at. Uh, just give me a moment and then we'll, we'll have it up on the screen. Um, where is it? One sec. This is terrible podcasting, but listen, you haven't had a podcast in a while. So while you're driving to work, you can just listen to me waffle on as much as you need <laughs> and thank you for bearing with me while we uh while we get back to podcasting which i'm excited about um uh so the pick is for everyone at home uh there's the pick uh right over the table like right over head over love that shot it's one of my favorite shots super fun uh, but there were, in the background, because this was the final match between Denmark and France, this was the final, uh, this was, uh, there was probably four or five people watching this match as it went down, uh, which was really exciting and I loved it. Um, thank you very much. Uh, oh yes, there was uh, another great storyline from the weekend was whether or not Ronya could keep her or win streak going. So if you don't know, last year Ronya uh, was undefeated at 11-0, so were... So were some other players, uh, but Ronya then went 5-0 in the singles event. Then she wins two games on day one. Uh, and then we go into day two, and we're like, okay, two more wins. So then we go to day three, and she only needs two more games to be undefeated twice at the World Championships, which is huge. Uh, like, absolutely huge. And me and Dan watch this exhilarating match where she ends up losing... Um, to a Sinesh army and it was just heartbreaking every moment like watching like just the gates of heaven fall apart I was like no and it was it was wonderful and she was a really great sport about it her opponent won as well was as well um, and she lost to the Swedes which I think she'd be much happier about than uh, oh no, no sorry she lost to the, the, the Danish so she was much happier about that um, especially huge since she bought Night at Haunt last year, which were, at the time last year, underperforming as an army. Um, why does the UK get four teams? <laughs> Said someone. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, uh, like, when uh, what when Tom's organisation was so good at the organisation, what do you think the other tier organisation organisations can aim for? Uh, and what good can they do? Um... So yeah, I guess the, the next question is about like, because uh, every year a different nation will bid to host the event. It's kind of a difficult one for me because it seems basically perfect as it was. Um, I don't know why you would want to necessarily mix it up. I guess it's because different home nations want to uh, host it, I guess. Like it's tough for the Australians to get there. Um, obviously the, the Americans as well. And I think 
a lot of people would generally revolt if uh, Australia and or America got the the bid because they would have to take very expensive tri- trips over. Uh, but then those two teams specifically always have to take expensive trips over. So it seems a little unfair as a community if that isn't uh, shared about a little bit. But I can't really see why you would want necessarily to move the event. Um, other than you want somewhere else to go. And that's because it was organized really well. Um, it was like the the TOs will have just learnt lessons from this year. Um, like... Yeah, they yeah they would have just learnt lessons from this year to make next year better. So I I honestly, the other than visiting some other hotel, because I I didn't leave. I left the hotel once to go for dinner uh, with the Australian team, and a special shout out to the Australian team for taking us out for dinner. I very much appreciate that. Um, but I don't know why we would uh, like. Like it would, for me, it would just be another hotel somewhere. A lot of people are like, oh, I really want to see, like, if I'm traveling, I want to go and see another city. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I don't, I'm not really thinking about it like that. That's probably a little bit unfair for me because I don't really do anything other than work and sleep. So for me, it's not like a holiday. It's a, it's a job. Um, so, like, maybe I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Probably the players themselves would be like, oh, I'd like to get, I'd like it to be in another country so I can visit the local museums and stuff or whatever it is they want to do um uh like yeah and but a lot of i mean amsterdam's a a very famous city for being a city people want to uh move to so i like not move to visit so um i'm not really sure about that um how close did charlie get to killing you pretty close thanks charlie uh how does uh, languages work between different nations the whole thing is done in english um, what can be done to lower the impact of the submarine? So this is where a team loses badly or doesn't do well in the first few games, but then they get easier matchups over the next few. Uh, I would say that you would extend the uh, rounds. I don't know why. It just isn't five days, personally. Um, I know that sounds like a lot. Maybe a lot of the players don't want to play for for five days. Like, I don't know. Um, uh, I like the point system. I think the point system is really good. Um, five days of Warhammer sounds like too much. Yeah, some people um, uh, like. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think five days of Warhammer, like for teams, is. I think more of the teams get to meet more of the teams as well. Like, and then you could have a pretty exciting, like, you could do four days. And then go for a top cut. Very much like what I was saying with the pairings. While this world's was brilliant as a viewer and hopefully as a player, I think there's still loads of ways to skin the cat. There's loads of ways to do different stuff. And it's all well and good being like, well, go run your own world international team event. <laughs> um, I think it's super fair to say, very much like we've seen with cricket, there's a way to change how games are played and it might be more engaging for everyone. Maybe. Um, and I like the idea of there being a cut uh, and having a semi-finals final on the end. Then then maybe the teams that didn't get into the final cut can just hang out and watch, cheer, support. That would be really fun. Um, uh, is there a good link to the results? Yes, you can go on the T-Sports Network Twitter and there's the results are on there as well. Um, uh, yes, the more days more people have got to take off work might be hindering attendance. I think that's a super fair point as well. 
Um, like there's a really good conversation about the fact that it requires a lot of resources. This is the other point we should point out. Uh, a lot of people uh, brought up the point that it requires a lot of resources to go to Worlds. You have to book a week off. A lot of people can't afford that. You uh, need the money to travel and pay for hotels. Um, you can't afford that. I think that's really fair. I think that's really fair. I think the reason that I personally have always described, especially Team Warhammer, but Warhammer generally, as a sport, a lot of people describe it as a dad game. And it's definitely fair to say that I just had an event this weekend where I would say there were six people here playing Warhammer, having the loveliest time. I got them drinks all weekend, ice creams, like they ran over time multiple times, uh, but it didn't matter because it was a weekend away from them, from their lives and having fun. Perfect, in my opinion. Uh, but there's definitely some events where it's a little bit more pro, and Worlds is a really good example of that, right? Where where I think Warhammer enters in what I would think of as a professional sport. And skateboarding is a sport. There's uh, a governing body in different countries to make sure there's funding for those players. And I would love to see something like Warhammer or a war game or a tabletop game um, get that sport recognition. And the reason that I would like that to happen is because I think it... I think nothing but good energy came from the event that we just saw. It was brilliant. But you're also talking about smart, articulate, forceful people who are, like, if that's, that feels like it's a really good sport, in my personal opinion. Just full of loads of great people, like, who are communicative, uh, talking about, like, uh, games and sharing experiences. You're breaking down international boundaries, which is what sports are meant to do. Um, like, it just feels really good. Um, uh, yes, and of course, Games Workshop themselves could actually pay uh, to um, to sponsor some of these teams. All these teams themselves could get sponsorship, right? I think it would be good as well. Um, uh, like, but, like... Uh, Yes, and, uh, and esports is absolutely a current and relevant thing to look at. Um, uh, in Korea, for instance, uh, I like you have national service, uh, but you can join up to do national service as part of the Korean esports teams. Uh, universities and colleges have started having esports uh, clubs and also um, courses and stuff like that as well. Um, and I think that that's really, really healthy way for it to go. I don't think that's a negative. So that's, uh, I think that is super helpful. Um, do you think the four map eight player system is good? No, I think it's bad. Uh, do you still, f uh, do you feel like it takes away from or adds to the overall skill on the table required? It doesn't add to the overall skill on the table, but it does add to the overall skill and preparation for the teams. Uh, with Worlds looking great fun, how can I, as a player, work towards participating and competing adequately? Uh, that was another question that we got. And actually, there we go. I think that that's actually really challenging. While each nation has a different way for you to enter into the national teams, those slots are more and more competitively fought for and are more likely to be filled. You could probably go... And obviously, if you're not the best, you shouldn't be in the team. But you definitely should be able to like enter international tournaments. So I think there's a really good conversation about how like team selection is worked in different nations, and also if there should maybe be a system where there are more national teams for different for different countries, right? Um, uh, I'd love to get the full story of the Beast Coast Mirror Lookout. That's really fun. Hopefully, I'll get to introduce, uh, chat to Pedro. Um, 
Talk about the UN Teams work, please. Some people told me about it at the event. Oh, so if there, so uh, if you have an event and there's a spare player, um, obviously at a team event you need a spare team. There wasn't one needed this year, but that's always called the UN team. Um, that's that's basically how that works. There wasn't needed this year, so there was no UN team, uh, which is good. Oh yeah, that's a good opportunity, for, uh, as Marcus said, to talk about mercenaries as well. So not only are there enough good players maybe in your nation, but there might even be even better players from other countries to play in your team as mercenaries. And I think it's super fair to say that um, there are definitely some players. Uh, I know Miladin played Vlad, for example, uh, who's based in Croatia. Um, if uh, like I would be snapping up Vlad to play on my team um, on an international level if I got the opportunity because I think he was really good. Uh, so like um, uh, Mercs is also a whole thing as well where maybe even your place in your national team gets usurped for a better player who's available internationally, which I think is good. Um, but there we go. Uh, which captains vote for twists and turns? Locals below. All of them. There you go. Um, uh, which team drank the most? The Americans. They love it. Uh, they also won best sports, which I know they're particularly happy about. So congratulations to them. Did the standard overall really go up as much as people suggested? Absolutely. Uh, were they joking with twists and turns? No, that it was voted for. Have there been developments in pyrotechnics since last year? I've avo I avoided that personally. How to push the event even further? I think I've covered that quite a bit. Um, hopefully improve the coverage time and time again would be really good for us. I'd like to get like a live score tracker for each match that's happening in the room. So I'd like to have like two or three data boffins walking around, updating the live overlay with like a stats person, like updating those overlays. So if you're watching at home or if you just want some quick screenshots of some info, I think that'd be really fun to look at. Um, I'd love that. Uh, why is Carl so short? Not sure. Um, why were the ref team so awesome? They just were. They did a really good job. Uh, did the lack of any arrest this year take anything away from the overall experience? Unfortunately not. Um, uh, definitely people were taking it seriously. Not seriously. Professionally this year. I think that's the right way. Um, uh, how could we improve even if small? It's very different for... I would like also to have this perspective and I'm probably going to do a show where I invite a couple of players from different teams on to do a show as a retrospective and get their insights because my insights are very different to the team's. Um, obviously, uh, and so I'd love to know what their thoughts are. They might be like, Rob, I love playing those different battle plans, it was wonderful. Um, so I don't, uh, like my perspective from the coverage is that only like, that the event did well enough for us that we can do better next year, uh, and not anything to do with uh, the event being better, I think. Um, uh, okay, uh, I would love to know how Scrivo feels uh, having walked around with the camera all week. What's his exercise regime? Lots of squats. Special shout out to him again. Uh, uh, could see any merit in having uh, more team events compared to singles. Also, some people just said it's their first time watching and they enjoyed looking at teams. I think team format's been very good. Uh, should the scoring system be updated? Uh, going from win-loss to the first tiebreaker? I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I really like... Um, the point system because very much why I prefer the differential system in Age of Sigmar as in win-loss draw then differential in singles events because it, it you fight for every point fighting for every point means that you're not just giving in and I think playing till that turn five is vital from a sportsmanship perspective but also from a game perspective 
uh, and I think that the points differential system is the best way to do it. It actually produces the meta game. Um, how many games did Crawlboys win? I think they won three out of twelve. Yikes! Uh, what are some ways to expand the roster? One of the issues they got brought up in some of the interviews with captains was affordability. How can that be tackled? I think I covered that. Are there any plans in place to prevent further list copy paste? It was rather boring to face pretty much the same list and army all the time. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting, especially if a certain list does really well into a battle plan. I think that's really hard to tell. But a lot of that's on Games Workshop and how they produce the armies and the internal balance of those armies, and very little to little very little to do with the um, uh, the players. I would also very much like to see um, uh, the battle regiment battalion be only usable one time across army list writing, specifically that one battalion. Um, how would you rate the fudge? 10 out of 10. Uh, never understood the colour pairing system. The colour is subjective or is it concrete? It's definitely subjective. Uh, normally the captains ask their players for what their matchups are going to be. Like, if you were going to play into this army, would that be a green? Would that be a whatever? Um, different captains obviously have different systems. Different players have different systems. So there we go. What were some of the highlights of your trip? Definitely all the people. Uh, I know that's a super really boring answer, uh, but it was actually... Um, inspiring to be around uh, everyone in that room from the crew helping me to the organizers to the players i think the players were incredible representatives of the game and i personally think that everyone who attended should be really proud of themselves because time and again i said this already competitive players get tarred with a brush which was not remotely uh on display and i think it was incredible um uh like, I think that's it. I think that's all the questions. So unless anyone in the chat's got any questions, uh, that's been a pretty long ramble for a while. Uh, I'd be interested. It'd be cool to see uh, color matchups during coverage. Uh, absolutely would not. It's not fun or cool. As a player, I enjoyed so much the current system. Eight players, point system, and different maps. There you go, Pedro Mansa, loving the different stuff. Um, a Pedro, also the person who screened out uh, all the beasts, which was fun. Um, uh, was it good or bad that you were sitting in the middle of it? I actually, um, from a self-confidence perspective, it was bad. Because I felt in the way. Is that the right way to describe it? Um, I felt... Uh, I don't want to say shown off. That's not the right word. I felt... Um, uh, like I was putting myself in the way. Like we were... like. Um, on display now we could have just been uh located in a corner but ever since the very first time i ever did coverage at the lvo in like 2016 i personally think the coverage team uh obtrusive yes i felt like yeah something like that i i feel like the coverage team need to be in inside the event like they don't need to be in a room to the side with some fancy backdrop they need to be in the event and the reason i think that they need to be in the event is so that everyone at home understands the environment. Like we could, at, at any press of a button, press a button and people were walking past us and cheering or joining us or jumping in. And I think that adds to the experience for the people at home. Um, and I think it also adds to, well, I don't know actually, I mean, that's actually me speaking for the players. I hope it adds to the player's experience as well, where they can see what's happening, look at some games. There were several times when I was commentating on a game, especially towards the final rounds, where a couple of players would come over to listen to hear updated scores. 
um uh you know it was a great opportunity for people to just walk past and just drop some information off as they're in the middle of it um so uh like yeah i, I, I like it's it's hard right it's like it's a self-confidence issue um and it's i think a really fair one like i really like doing coverage from a selfish perspective because i actually really like playing i really like playing age of sigma and i really like watching games of age of sigma played really well which is what you obviously get at worlds um so I, I like doing coverage like that, uh, and I think it's really fun. Um, and I would watch those games if I wasn't doing the coverage. But, uh, like, you also feel in the way, and also, like, yeah, you just feel in the way. Like, y you don't want to, like, what what is it? Like, uh, is, Australia has, like, tall poppy syndrome. Like, you don't want to be a tall poppy and just, like, get cut down. You don't want to be, like, arrogant, right? Like, you just want to... I just want to like get on with what we're doing and enjoy ourselves um and i don't want to be like i don't want to come off or be like something like that, if that makes sense um uh, I, yeah i thought it was a good idea yeah it was definitely the right idea like it's definitely like i have no problem it's absolutely the right idea being in the middle but like that doesn't come that doesn't exclusively avoid like those feelings if that makes sense uh uh also meant your face was okay Danish television. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Is there an issue if the players can potentially hear the commentary? No, the organizer was really good. They set us out, um, I would say, 20 meters or so from the players, so they couldn't hear us, uh, and they were in a separate room. Uh, do you think the International Team League, where instead of a big tournament, there are multiple 1v1 team events, purely competes the tournament with the best teams? I love that idea. I think that's a really fun idea. I think any idea uh at this point is good and people should go with it and try to make it happen i think the community is growing from strength to strength um and i think that's a really positive that's a real big positive um so i hope i answered all the questions uh that everyone has got um and given kind of my insights and thoughts about the event um massive positives like massive positives so positive in fact that like i felt and still feel uncomfortable with how uh well we were treated for what we possibly did as work um so i'd like to try and work out how to do it better next year or, or do a better job um which is interesting um so uh yes uh but i hope this was informative uh, i know it was a ramble there definitely is like a uh there definitely is going to be like a, a more condensed version of this like wrapping up the stuff um for the players exclusively this is mainly for the chat who i've been with like like being a content creator now like this actually feels like uh coming home to my friends and like being like oh hey everyone these are my thoughts like and i'm like like and people either giving a fuck or not giving a fuck it doesn't really matter at this point like i just i, I need to talk to the chat at this point about uh, about what's happened for me like, for me and and how it went um uh like uh will you do it again next year um uh, like that really is dependent on uh, a bunch of factors uh, it's very hard. Um, I effectively gave up three weeks of work to do it. Yes, it was work. And yes, people were great by um, uh, supporting the show by subscribing on Twitch. Um, and I would desperately love you to support the Honest Wargamer uh, on Patreon. Um, uh, because uh, that's scary. Three weeks off creating content is actually massive. If it makes you, like, if it, to give you some indication, uh, having not streamed on the Honest Wargamer for three weeks doing Worlds, um, I lost 60% of my uh, revenue and income from that. And like that's not like, woe is me. That's just the nature of being a content creator or the sort of content creator I am. Um, so 
like, uh, like if it's going to be in some sports gymnasium and we're going to get a packet of crisps and like a pat on the ass, probably fucking not. Like that's not to be like, I'm a princess. I want to get treated. Well, I'm just not giving up three weeks of work to have a shit time. Um, or we would go with much lower, uh, much lower goals. I'd be like, there's a roaming camera and then me and dad and telling jokes. Um, so, uh, like, uh, <laughs> what do you say in stats online, like individual results? Uh, Lex, maybe I will find out information about that as time goes on. Um, anyway, I hope everyone had a lovely time. Um, uh, if you watch this on YouTube, I hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, behind-the-scenes insight. If you listen to this podcast, same as well. Uh, there is a full schedule now of Age of Sigmar shows, streams, and also videos coming out from us. Uh, well, me and us and the team and everyone. So, um, uh, And then I might be working on a project to make sure that we do more coverage in the future because it was great. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the video. Thanks for supporting the show. All those other things. <laughs>